AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. And once again, another brand new to you show for you today. Fan favorite, a man who has been, well, frankly, a godsend and and just a, a fountain of information over the last few years. An absolute privilege to have him on the air. Dr. Joe Eastman has worked for numerous people, including the Colorado State University, the LTER, NASA, uh, University of Texas Austin modeling COVID modeling team. He's also currently working with uh, worldwide organizations helping to map out COVID worldwide. He has been our COVID expert, and he's kind of transformed into our communicable disease expert as well. And he's kind enough to join us today to talk about the last year, what we can expect, and some other things as well. Dr. Joe, how are you? I'm doing great, Matt. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's interesting. I had to find – I'm going to let you take the floor and praise your Timberwolves because I had to find a window to talk to you that didn't involve you rooting for – you're going crazy. You're loving this Timberwolves team this year. Oh, boy. As a long-time basketball coach, there's nothing better than to see a, a pro sports team from Minnesota do well. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm expecting some great things out of this team. Like, they have the depth. Um, even when they, you know, like Edwards just recently went down with an injury, they still kept winning. They they uh, they figured out you got to play defense in the second half. Maybe <laughs> I, I can't. I, I can't believe Gobert has turned around as much as he has. I mean, it really is. It's in, they're 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 a defensive juggernaut. They can score at will. You know, don't don't worry. There is plenty of time this season for them to let us down. But at the same yeah. time, but at the same time, it is the best Timberwolves team I've ever seen, and that's and that and, I, and that includes the Kevin Garnett teams. This is the best team I've ever seen them have, and because they they at times they look like the best team in the league, and that's something that is really remarkable. That's right. And you know, my my daughter and I used to refer to them as the Crumble Wolves. Because come fourth quarter, we knew something bad was going to happen. That's and how the T-Wolves crumble. <laughs> the crumble <laughs> wolves. That's, we need T-shirts made up of that. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's get into this last year. You have been very blunt that you have been deeply disappointed. You know, we go through uh, the, the COVID. I mean, kid, we are, we're on the verge of 2024 here. We are. We've. We, this has been four years, basically. This world has been dealing with this this horrible disease. It was god awful in 2020. It was god awful in 2021. It, we kind of started, you know, turning, making that turn in 2022. But it it's almost as if, you know, 2023 ended up being the year that not only did a lot of people seem to forget very quickly. Oh yeah, we were we were just on the tail end of a pandemic that could resurge at any point. But even the people that we trust with the information seem to adopt that mentality as well. Is that a fair way to say it? My gosh, are you inside my mind today? (laughs) (laughs) I've been kind of looking back on this now here over the past week, and I I just i I turned twenty twenty three the 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 lost year. Um, We had an opportunity in twenty. 23 to really do some uh, good work and further hammer down this thing. And, uh, you know, because of, uh, like you say, the, uh, the people that are in charge, uh, they've really let us down. They, uh, people are so misinformed. They're, they're still equating this with the flu. Um, 
you know, and it, it's been weeks in a row. We've had over a thousand deaths in this country just due to COVID, and that's with minimal testing. There's probably more deaths due to it. So, um, yeah, when I look back at this, I, I just shake my head and I go, my gosh, what uh, what a year. <laughs> well, you bring it up, I mean, in, in the, the whole uh, option of the flu, because, I mean, when I had my latest COVID shot, that was the thing they said that the, the eventual hope is that one or once or twice a year, you'll eventually get we'll get to a point where once or twice a year you're getting a vaccine. That's your COVID vaccine, kind of like the flu vaccine. Is this a problem of our, the success of modern medicine that we we have a tendency of because we are relatively good at dealing with medicine and on all levels. The reality is that they feel as if, oh, it's eventually just going to happen where there'll be a quick little shot and, and you don't have to worry about it again. I mean, it, it, you know, do you feel as if modern medicine itself is somewhat contributing to the false notion of that? Yeah, I, you know, in some ways it is. It, it gives people a sense of complacency and uh, false sense of security, I should say. And, uh, you know, this is this is one of those things that we just we can't accept. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting to see business leaders and and such uh, come out and and say, "Hey, this long COVID stuff is really going to be a problem down the road. We got to get a handle on this, you know." And uh, this whole idea of just uh, let's go get our shot and then we'll be safe. Well, you remember that shot? What's that doing? That's that's mainly preventing really bad outcomes from happening instead of giving you a bulletproof vest to uh, ride this storm out. So, uh, yeah, in some ways it has contributed to it. The medical organizations that we turn to and we, we got to trust over the last few years, they definitely seem to have been compromised by politics. I mean, no one wants to come on out, especially, and frankly, let's be honest, when the Republicans would love to see, you know, Joe Biden and, and his administration come on out and say, we recommend masks, we res- recommend social distancing, we recommend remote education. They would love that because it's like they, they, they want to scream that it's not a big deal anymore. And so it feels as if the decisions being made by the the, the the governing bodies in regards to medical advice seem to be tempering themselves dramatically with, well, what's the public going to think about this prior to saying, well, this is what we need to do. That's a fair assessment as well? Oh, boy, you're spot on with that one. Uh, you know, it's so easy to, to go wrong with the general public opinion. You know, people are sick of hearing about this. So, uh, you know, the Republicans take the easy way out and we, you know, the leadership has also um, been doing this. When I look back on it, it's like, um, you remember what happened in Maine. All, uh, world uh, health institutions across the globe were saying, up oh, end of the emergency declaration. It's all in your hands now. Um, right, we're, we're in the clear. And uh, about the same time, that's when uh, Rochelle Walensky stepped down from the CDC and, uh, was replaced by uh, Mandy Cohen. And, uh, you know, a lot of people saw that as an opportunity, and I did too. And then I started looking in the background of Mandy, and, uh, my gosh, she she was uh, kind of part of a corporate establishment. She was running, the, uh, before, you know, before the North Carolina appointment that she ran the Health and Human Services she was running a healthcare company that uh, streamlined hospital services and, and things like that. So, um, 
we we're getting more of the same. You saw once that emergency declaration ended, how bad the uh, last rollout of the booster is going and or went and is going right now. Uh, we're still just barely above 20% of the people eligible getting their boosters. So, um, yeah, they they have kowtowed in many ways to economic and political interests. And, uh, boy, you you need to take a stand when it comes to public health. You, politics should never be in this. And we've seen that almost since the get-go with this pandemic. With the vaccinations, too, correct me if I'm wrong, it, it really it seems like the seniors are doing well. I mean, they're getting vaccinated on, on a much better scale. It really feels like it's, I don't know what the, the age breakdown is, but it's like 60 and younger is just are they they're just not getting vaccinated at all about this. And by the way, I want to make sure everyone out there hears this. My kids all got vaccinated. We made sure they got vaccinated for both the flu and for COVID. That 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 this is a dangerous thing. Is that the you know there is the one the silver line the most the most the, the people that are most susceptible to COVID and have the generally harshest consequences, they at least are getting vaccinated at a much better rate. It's just everyone else isn't. Yeah, you're spot on there. You know, it's like I'm thinking, well, I don't got too many more years to live. I'm going to do everything I can to, to maximize my chances of uh, living them out. Um, and, and when it comes to the younger generation, right now what we're seeing is um, the immune deficiency that's been accumulated uh, by uh, kids getting multiple COVID infections. Um, it's slowly wearing down all of our immune systems uh, collectively. And uh, we're looking at uh, pneumonia levels we've never seen in other countries and, and uh, in children under six. And uh, what, in fact, uh, recent studies have just come out showing how much we can do to, to prevent the circulation in schools by simply putting in air purifiers. Um, things like that, but we're not doing them. And, and our kids are, are going to have to grow up with this, unfortunately, for the rest of your lives. You get long COVID, and we talked about this before. It doesn't just affect your lungs, but it affects your brains and other, other organs, and you're more susceptible to different kinds of skin infections, just all kinds of pathogens. Uh, the path opens up for them to enter your body. Because your immune system has been compromised, and uh, boy, it's um, it's a scary thought, you know, moving forward in the next next few years, what uh, what we're going to see. And well, and you're seeing it now. I mean, you've talked about this before with us. Really, since mid fall, we've seen this spike with some of these new variants that are coming out. And as you just said, you know, we're seeing a thousand people die a week. You know, we should not take that lightly. That is a, I mean, if, if that was just all of a sudden to happen, if all of a sudden there was a mysterious thing that was killing a thousand people a week, I think the entire country would scramble to try to figure out what it was. And here we are, we just kind of shrug our shoulders and say, oh, well, what, let's get back to the holiday shopping, that sort of thing. Right. It's, um, it's more of a convenience thing that, it, you know, our, our nation has developed into this you know, right now mentality, you know, what's best for me right now. And uh, in many ways, we lost a collective uh, approach to things like this. I mean, remember Legionnaire's disease? That would, it didn't kill that many people, but, boy, the whole nation freaked out. And uh, Ebola, things like that. Lyme disease, but yeah. We, yeah, it, we're slowly normalizing this uh, 
COVID, and this is not something to normalize. I'll, mm. I'll just put it that bluntly. Dr. Joe Eastman, our COVID specialist, talking with us today. Um, let's let's go on. Okay, well, let's do the present. We've done the past. Let's do the present. You're you're definitely. I mean, I was at the Mall of America. No one was wearing masks. No one was. It was packed to the gills. No one was wearing masks. No one's. No one cares. I mean, it really is. But at the same time, you are family gatherings. They're doing father and gatherings all the way into to January here. Um, you you need to make sure if you have elderly people or people who have pre existing health conditions that you make accommodations because like like we said this is not over COVID's still there we need people to still not try to bravado their way through a virus and understand that other people are far more susceptible. That's right. I mean this this time of year it. it it couldn't happen at a worse time, you know, because all of a sudden we have this uh, this new one emerging called Parola, which is uh, JN1, and that's also doing some kind of scary mutations in other parts of the world. Um, in fact, the, the Parola, he referenced this last time we talked, uh, it, it, it came from Israel is the first place it was spotted, by the way. And um, this thing is is just totally unique it's starting to target our gut systems and, and <laughs> raise havoc in other areas besides the lungs but um yeah like you say we need to watch out for each other and um you know thankfully my family listens and they're all very careful they test before they come over um but you can, you can have your guests do the same thing um the, the less guests the better of course but, um, you know, if you can keep the windows open, make sure you're, uh, you have HEPA filters installed in your HVAC and your air filtration system and keep it continuously running, not on like some kind of little schedule where it turns on for 20 minutes and then shuts off. Just let it keep going. Um, all these different things, uh, masking, you know, it's pretty hard to have a family gathering, everybody masked. But if you can, and the most vulnerable should obviously keep a mask on. Um, these are the little things that if we collectively do together, it, it will make a difference as we move forward. The yeah, and, and by the way, I understand there's a lot of people with what you just said rolled their eyes. Seriously, you, you know, it's it almost feels like and if i can be blunt it almost feels like the real purpose of the mentality of today is that you know if grandma does get sick the fact that they're ignoring any of this well then they don't have to feel responsible if it is because well I, I didn't know anything about this i i mean i didn't have covid i wasn't checking and it, it that seems to be I, I hate saying it like that but it does seem to be it's like it's like okay it's not the fact that we want to save grandma it's more i just don't want the culpability of being the person to blame for when grandma gets sick Boy, yeah, you're right. It's, that is really a sad thing. And, and if you go back and you really think about it, where does that come from? That comes from the uh, health leaders at the top and the, and the job that they have not done in informing the public just exactly what is going on and how serious this this whole situation is. We we've been in Groundhog Day now since 2020, and we re, we keep repeating the same thing. Uh, this year. We we had two regimes, you know, because we we brought in the uh, the XBB one five, 
and that started out our year and gave us a, a nice little peak there, you know. And um, but by the summertime, things had really trickled down, and if we would have buckled down at that time, we could have really shut this down uh, much better than we have. And then all of a sudden, it's called during its soup, the second part of the year pops up, and we got. I, I mean, I just put a graph up, and I looked at it, and I'm like, holy buckets, who threw uh, the spaghetti at my screen? There's variants all over the place, and there's, a lot of them are short-lived, but some of them hang on. And uh, we transitioned into this new variant soup regime, and I, I can't see it ending, given our current trajectory, so... Um, Boy, we got a lot of work ahead. <laughs> well, and and that's I guess the the last point I want to get to is let's take a look at twenty twenty four, and obviously it's it's not just COVID. I mean, uh, you have been you know, and a lot of health professionals have said the how COVID originated could originate. There's a lot of different things that could originate and jump from animals to humans again, and uh, you know as it's done in the past and as we'll do again in the future, we also have the traditional flus and stuff like this that are out there and COVID. Well, you know, it's in your best. I mean, and this is a. A, a real shot in the dark, I know, because we are talking about a, about a substantial time away, and you know, models really don't go that far that are pretty reliable. But from what you're seeing, what is 2024 going to look like? Do you feel like in regards to COVID and other diseases? Um, boy, <laughs> that's a million dollar question in many ways. Um, you know, some of the benefits I see is we're we're starting to stress more air quality and. And businesses are waking up to long COVID and what it's going to do to workforce. Genomic sequences are starting to, uh, uh, we're starting to get the fruits of that labor where new vaccine techniques are being developed. Um, you know, things like that are, are very promising, but like you say, they're, they're down the road. There are a lot of long-term things like in terms of the genomic uh, sequencing. But air quality and businesses, I think they're waking up and they're saying, you know what, we got to do something about this. And and I see, you know, over the next couple of months, this parole of just ra- raising havoc with us um, and then subsiding again. But the problem with parole is it doesn't leave a lot of natural immunity in its wake. So that's going to open up a window to other variants and even previously existing variants. So I think we're going to see a, these cycles of, not not the big Omicron spike that we saw um, back in uh, 2022 at the beginning of the year, but um, we're going to see more of these big, uh, pulses like we're getting right now, and and that's going to continue until we really get serious about this. And as you've said before, that's where you got to be careful. A pulse might be a, a little bump. A pulse could be a big bump. And the reality is, is we, I think you've said we've kind of been lucky here that things haven't gotten worse, correct? Yeah, I mean, when you're dealing with a nonlinear system, these little pulses can rapidly expand into major spikes. So uh, we have been lucky in terms of the timing. And like I say, 2023 um, was a lost opportunity because mm-hmm. we were at the very bottom of wastewater levels pretty much for the last few years. So, um, boy... Uh, we missed we missed one. Mighty Casey is struck out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I appreciate your information, and I look forward to uh, taking time uh, over the next 
um, you know, obviously year to, to check in with you on a regular basis. But as as kind of as I said, the Dr. Joe doom and gloom hour, no, it, it, it's kind of one of those things where it's, you know, you're giving important information and I'll be damned if I'm going to go the way of everyone else who would like who've kind of put out this false notion of, OK, problem over. It's not. So I got to tell you, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate all the information you've given us in this year. I look forward to chatting with you as much as I can in 2024. And thank you very much for all the service you've done to try to help as many Americans as you have. Oh, thank you so much, Matt. And uh, I'll, I'll go right back at you because you're you're doing something that a lot of people don't want to even talk about. And you're you're taking your valuable airtime and using it to spread the word. And uh, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you. Dr. Joe Eastman, our COVID modeling specialist. Let's take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.